1: Welcome to the Sean Spicer Show. We have a great conversation that is going to take you right into the weekend. Uh, I sat down with Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin uh, to talk to him about where the Hunter and Joe Biden investigations go. Where are they now? What do we know? What else do we need to know? Um, How are his colleagues on the Republican side taking this investigation? And here's the bigger question What happens if we get back in the majority? Where will this go? What does he need? to find out what's happening. And is there really a link to to Joe Biden? What do we know? What don't we know? What more is to come? But Ron Johnson also got into politics from business. He was a business leader. I wanna know from him what his experience is like in the US Senate, number one. Number two, why aren't certain, certain things happening? Why are we not getting rid of certain spending things? Why is change not happening as quick as possible? He is so direct with his answers. It's a breath of fresh air, and I'm excited to bring this conversation to you right now. All right, before we get going, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, please make sure you hit the subscribe button and click that notification button as well. Also, please subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else. It totally helps the show.
2: 18- Less.
1: Senator Johnson, I, I want to, uh, first of all, thanks for being here. Thanks for welcoming us to, uh, to Milwaukee. I, I want to start in a little backwards way, because I know there's a lot going on in, in Milwaukee and in Wisconsin. But I, I don't think that we would know what we know about Hunter Biden and his business dealings it wasn't, if you weren't dogged in your pursuit of these documents. And I don't think that's an understatement uh, by any means, because it seems like since the laptop discovery there's been one roadblock after another of, don't look here, this is disinformation. 51 intelligence agencies telling us it's Russian disinformation. Uh, what, how much more is there, I guess, to what Hunter Biden has been doing that we don't know yet?
0: Well, first of all, the roadblock started way before the roadblock on the laptop. Uh, you know, the FBI took possession of Hunter Biden's laptop in, what, December 2019? That's right when Senator Grassley and I were ramping up our investigation. Uh, throughout our investigation, our ranking members, Democrat senators, were accusing us of soliciting and disseminating Russian disinformation. Yeah. The press picked up on that. And so that was, the, that was the entire theme. Then in August of 2020, both Senator Grassley and I get an unsolicited briefing by the FBI where they're basically telling us, uh, you're targeting Russian disinformation. And yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, we've been excused of this for, for months now, do you have more information? Uh, Nothing we can share. So that, at that point in my briefing, there are separate briefings, I started asking, who directed you to brief right. us? That- who, who did that? Sean, three years later, you know, I've asked Christopher Ray in open hearing, who directed that briefing? They won't tell us. They'll say, ah, it's interagency process. Well, you know, there are people in the interagency. So that, that, basically, I view that as an operation directed by the FBI, intelligence agencies, against Senator Grassley and I to marginalize. Our report, which we dropped before the Hunter Biden laptop, actually, we were offered that laptop the day after our report dropped because Mr. McIsaac finally decided that he would be safe enough to go public with it if the U.S. Senators were looking into this thing. So there, there's a story that has not been told about this, the corruption of federal law enforcement. Uh, but again, Senator Grass and I pretty well laid out the foundational evidence. I mean, more than enough evidence right. to, I think, convince people, certainly me, Joe Biden never should have been president. Now we're filling in the details. So we're getting more piece of the puzzle. But it's been obvious to me, and I think it's been obvious to anybody paying attention that Joe Biden has been corrupt. He's been lying to the American public since, well, since he plagiarized the yeah. British uh, you know, politician the back in campaign. his first presidential run.
1: Let me, I want to back into this for a second, because I want to get to the Biden piece. But I, I think what's so funny is I'm, as you're telling this story, I'm flashing back to like right after Trump wins, we have this briefing about what was the, supposed to be an intel briefing, all these guys in the room. I had a security briefing, uh, a security clearance at the time, so I was one of the few people who actually got to sit in it. I watched Comey at the end pull Trump aside and said, I gotta tell you something. They didn't have the Steele dossier at the time, blah, 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 blah. And then getting told by reporters what was, and I was like, I was not only in the meeting, I was part of it, I, you know. It, it was amazing, the misinformation, but what, the reason I'm bringing this up is it was, it was the FBI briefing the president-elect about an uncorroborated bunch of allegations. The first thing I did, I'm not law enforcement, I'm not an investigator, uh, I remember when BuzzFeed calls and says, hey, and CNN, here's this dossier. And I said, well, one of the allegations was Michael Cohen had been to Prague during this time. I called Cohen, I said, do you have your passport? He said he did. We looked through it, Cohen had never exited the country nor re-entered in a time frame close to that. And I thought to myself, okay, here right off the bat is something that I can find that doesn't jive, wouldn't that have caused a bunch of FBI agents to say, yeah, you know, but th- this is what blows my mind, is I keep thinking, I'm not law enforcement, I'm not an in- trained investigator, you're a businessman, and you and I are sitting here going, how did the FBI miss this? How did they do this? Because Sean, they were corrupt, Understand, understand.
0: John Brennan, who through intel sources found out that Hillary Clinton was gonna hatch a scheme to accuse the Trump campaign, including with Russia, that was, he briefed Vice President Biden and Barack Obama, I think it was in August of 2016. The, the, you know, let's face it, intelligence, you know, that group of people took out Michael Flynn. He would be way too dangerous as Director of National Intelligence. So they took him out. You know, that, that, that was an FBI sting operation basically on Michael Flynn. They knew all this. They knew the Steele dossier's source well, somebody, they were, invest- they were investigating as a Russian spy. They knew all of this, and yet they proceeded with the false narrative that they knew that Hillary Clinton came, came up with. By the way, it all dates back to the hacking the DNC server. I have not seen solid evidence that that was actually hacked by Russia. The emails themselves are incredibly damaging to certain members of the Democrat party. So I think they had to come up with a diversionary tactic. Right. Hey, Let's say this was hacked by Russia. It, Let's direct all, yeah. and they've been doing that now for year after year after year against Senator Grassley and myself, against President Trump. That's been their canard. Let's say Russia has interfered in these things and will distract the American public from our wrongdoing.
1: That's-, that's But our, that's what blows my mind, is that when I have these discussions with people and they go, oh, Russia and the Steele dossier, and I'll give them the example I just gave to you. Do you guys realize that like me, not the intelligence, I said, Gosh, here's why this doesn't make sense. And everyone said, you know what the funny thing is? The reply I got was, uh, I said, hey, look, here's Michael Cohen's passport. He's willing to show you that this doesn't happen. Therefore, you know, let's, this calls into credibility. They go, yeah, but what about the next thing? Now, normally somebody comes to you and says, hey, I just figured out this problem and here are the four things. and, And you go, but one and two don't make sense or that doesn't work. They don't turn around and go, well, let's try three and four. You go, clearly you didn't do your homework. You don't know what's going on. And yet the media and the government, despite, these continued instances of this, just press forward as if, okay, forget that, let's move on. I, it, it is, yeah, sure. and, and uh, your point we, about the we, American we, people. We are
0: up against powerful right. forces. You know, Shifting a little bit different subject, You know, COVID. I call it the COVID cartel. And you were out you know, there the, on the that. The Biden administration, the federal health agencies who have been captured by Big Pharma. Big Pharma has also captured the media. That's, that's why they spend billions of dollars on ads saying that this drug may kill you. It makes no sense other than for them to control the narrative and plus the big tech social media giants. So that is the COVID cartel. They have been spectacularly wrong on their response. to COVID is a miserable failure, but the body count is way too high that they can't afford to be proven wrong. And they have the power to make sure you can't prove them wrong. And the same thing is true of the whole Russian collusion yeah. hoax. That They were spectacularly wrong. They've been proven wrong. They'll just never admit it
1: and they have the power to pretty well sweep it under the rug. That's what they're doing. Before I forget this, I I do want to go back to Hunter, because what you're talking about gets to something I want to get to in a second in terms of how you transition to government, what you think. But I want to get back to the Hunter Biden thing for one thing, because I've I've said this over and over again. America has, we're a big country. There's a lot of dirtballs, unfortunately. Hunter Biden is one of those. Being a dirtball isn't illegal, but... The connection and what I've said about Republicans' efforts is it goes back to what you were saying, connecting this to Joe Biden. If he as the president did things, we know that he's misled us already. I had nothing. I knew nothing of my son's business dealings. That's if this was Donald. If this was Donald Trump, people would be going nuts and saying you lied again. You did know this is a cover-up. I'm sure that the Russians through the Seychelles are connected to some Syrians. That I mean, they'd be making a million connections. Now they've shifted and said, what's the the new line is, I wasn't directly involved. There's
0: no proof that I was directly involved.
1: What what do you know? Because I think at the end of the day, again, Hunter Biden can be uh, a scumbag, a dirtball, an influence peddler, uh, he can even be a criminal. But the bigger point to me is how this relates to the president of the United States and maybe decisions and policies that he What What is your understanding of that relationship right now? What do we need to know as Americans? So first of all, the mainstream media will never have enough evidence to
0: report on this honestly, but just open up your eyes. This is so obvious, okay? So we obviously know, and this has been proven, Hunter Biden even admits it, made millions of dollars, millions of dollars, didn't report it. That's called tax evasion. Yeah, we, we have emails yeah, think, where he's-
1: I think, and I don't want to speak for your colleagues on the other side of the aisle, but I believe Democrats are big into taxing the rich and paying their fair share, right, isn't Right, that? right. I, I just, I, I've heard- we- Wealthy tax cheats. Well, <laughs>
0: right. we've got a perfect example on the son of the, <laughs> the president of the United States, right. and probably the president of the United States himself, okay? So again, it's obvious these evaded taxes, that's a crime, okay? It's obvious that Hunter Biden had no skill that he's being compensated millions of dollars for. I mean, again, I'm a business guy. You got to provide some value for somebody to turn over a million dollars to you, much multiple millions of dollars. So the only thing Hunter Biden was selling was access to his dad. And his dad obviously knew about it. It's a conflict of interest. He's selling America down the road to our adversaries. All these things are obvious. The reason I sound so frustrated, it's been obvious to me for years. It's been obvious to anybody who's willing to be unbiased and open their eyes. But the problem is we have the corrupt and complicit media. We don't have journalists anymore. Right. We have advocates for the left. They, they, they're the ones that ushered Biden into office, a candidate that campaigned from his basement. They made him president. They're going to cover up all of his horrible policies that are weakening this country, destroying this country, open borders, 40-year high inflation, a war on fossil fuels, record gasoline prices, the embarrassing and dangerous surrender in Afghanistan, that, that list of horribles. They don't report on it. They don't cover it up. I mean, 5 million people coming into this country illegally. I think Not about a problem, the, I guess. the
1: interview that he did with Axios, Mike Allen of Axios. And he accuses Mike Allen of, of pushing. And he says, you know, you guys always bring this up because Mike Allen is talking about Hunter's influence peddling and said, so, didn't you think you should have known more? And he brings up China and he says, my son has never taken any money from China.
2: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? To your
1: point, that's a fact. That's Completely not disputable. Lie. Not disputable. Okay, so number one, we know that. But here's the other question. Under the Trump administration, people like Paul Manafort and others were, were charged with violating the Foreign Agent Registration Act, FARA, right? Which means you have to register with the Department of Justice if you're going to do another country's bidding or a state-owned company, right? And in China, everything's a state-owned company, meaning, so if you're gonna come in and represent a company, and we know that that company's controlled by the government, you still have to register with, Where is the call? We've heard about the the gun charge. Again, I'm so shocked that Democrats aren't concerned about a guy lying on a gun form to get a gun that got thrown into a trash bin by a school, but we'll leave that aside, or paying taxes. Where's the concern about Farah? It was such a big deal under Trump with Paul Manafort and all these other folks that were lobbying the Trump administration and not properly filing. They went to jail. We're not even talking about that no. in this set of charges that Hunter Biden's trying to deal on. No one's bringing up Fara. Well, it's a big deal for a Republican, is violating Fara, but
0: obviously not for Democrat. Here's another thing, where, where is all the outrage that the son of the President of the United States spent tens of thousands of dollars procuring, using and abusing women who were trafficked through an international sex trafficking ring. That's actually- And we got-
1: I'm glad you brought okay, that up because no, that's- I mean, that, that is that, so
0: vile. That is so grotesque. And yet, I guess it's okay because Hunter Biden did it. You, th- you think those women were just in love with but Hunter Biden? You know Biden, what the funny thing like,
1: is? I, I got to tell you. I'm so. I, see, this is why I love these discussions because it's funny. I know Hunter got kicked out of the military. But in the military, if you procure, go into some of these places where that they're, they're usually- uh, the, the, the origins of them, the nexus is some kind of sex trafficking ring, and so they're yeah, basically saying these women aren't doing it voluntarily. Right. there's something they're being held hostage on. And no you one know? on the right, no one on the left shares a concern about that. I mean, I, I actually I'm so glad you brought that up because we focus on the gun and on the tax charges, rightly so. But where are the women who talk about defending women and protecting women and, and ensuring again the same thing? And that, don't that, care.
0: that may be the most grotesque violation. I mean, how would you like that to be your daughter, who got for, you know, kidnapped or whatever, or, you know, through drug addiction, whatever, gets caught up in this sex trafficking ring and being forced to offer her body to Hunter Biden because he's paying the sex traffickers thousands of dollars. How would you think if that was your daughter? I know how I would think, but the media, again, just blows it off. It's like, not not
1: even a crime, not, not not even a moral crime to them, apparently. Let me pivot from the media, though. One of your colleagues, you mentioned you and Senator Grassley. Senator Grassley's been there quite some time, chairman of the finance committee previously. I mean, like, he's, okay, you guys s- seem to see eye and eye on this, right? I mean, when, when you go talk to colleagues of yours, rank and file, Republicans, let's start with the Republicans, and say, here's, here's what Hunter Biden did, taxes, guns, uh, here's what we have about Joe. What, what is the response?
0: Well, now there may be a little interested, but back when Senator Grass and I were doing this, We were persona non grata. I mean, it was too political. Listen, my my college, let's face it, too many Republicans are afraid of the media. Yeah. And they, oh, that's gonna be politicized. I mean, let's face it, Mitt Romney, in my committee, I'm chairman of Homeland Security, he accused me in committee, in public hearing, of misusing committee resources during this investigation. So this this was way too political. No, I was concerned about conflict of interest that, that could compromise American national security. But that—that that was the lack of, of uh, support we had. I didn't have support from our Republican Senate leadership. Right. I didn't have the votes I needed to subpoena. Could we, had we been able to subpoena? But, but again, that's you know, all this was unfolding. We were all doing our investigation during COVID. We had many restraints. It's actually amazing we got a report out as detailed, and as verifiably true. There's not been one thing that Senator Grassley put in our report that's ever been. But the, do, don't you think that's is not
1: accurate. I. I point to the laptop is another example of that. It started as Russian disinformation. You point the COVID stuff. And I, I turn back to people and I say, oh, so tell me one piece of this, kind of the opposite of my Michael Cohen example. When I was going after the Steele dossier, I said, here's why this isn't true. Here's why this person wasn't there. That's under my blah, blah, blah. Here's the source of this. And yet it was like, we still got to believe it. The opposite is true, whether it's COVID or Hunter Biden, where it's like every piece of evidence that comes out, Never gets refuted. No one says, well that study wasn't true or Hunter actually didn't do that or that text wasn't accurate. And yet, it doesn't do anything to strengthen the narrative. But the thing, I, I wanna stick on your colleagues for a second because I, I get the sense, as long as I've been doing this, that the second that Democrats go after Trump, like, and that was the most thing, like, Republicans felt like they had to jump on the bandwagon. I support a special counsel. We need to get to the bottom of this. You know, it's, it's right that, and when their side does something they all cower. Oh, yeah.
0: so no, afraid but, of. But again, they have the mainstream media in their back pocket. No, I mean, they, but do they it, I mean, it is. It's, see, a, it's a significant difference. No, I mean, no, the Dems do.
1: But here's my right. problem with most Republicans these days. I think that they think that if I just, if I say these things, oh, yeah. that they'll be my friends. They'll friend. be nice. No, I, no it's, it's delusional from, um, from right. that standpoint. But also, it just keeps
0: the press out their backs. That they're not going to be attacked. For Listen, that day. You know, my, my colleagues look at me as roadkill, probably, right? I mean, <laughs> as much as I've been but attacked don't you, and, the and vilified. The thing
1: interesting about roadkill is that you keep winning. You beat Russ Feingold. You beat him again. You beat the lieutenant governor. Then you, I mean, like, my point is at some point go, hey, Ron Johnson took In on Wisconsin. the tough- in Wisconsin, one. And you, I
0: mean, you, so that's because, I, I, that's because voters actually do want to see somebody who's genuine. Correct. They, they may not but agree why, with the but person. But my you know, point is that guy actually believes what he's saying. Yeah, I agree but he'll fight or not, for it. But, but
1: these guys, I, I look at that. Most politicians that I've come across tend to kind of do a little of this, right? And if my view is, look what he's doing and it's working, at the very least, well, go. That's, that's because most people want to get reelected. That's not my motivation. I know, but not, you did. Not at all. I, I know know, it's in my I'd much rather go home. Okay? Right, but, but, but the point is, is that you did, you got in, I think you announced kind of late uh, for- Like real late. Real late, but you still won. And my point is, is that for these guys who still want to get reelected, I go, hey, you can have backbone and win.
0: Well, listen, I, it's, it's about truth. I think people in the end have a pretty good feeling Pretty good barometers in terms of this sounds true, or, or at least this sounds genuine. Right. You know, again, whether I agree or disagree with the guy, the guy truly believes that. He's not just pounding sand. He's not, uh, you know, saying what he thinks I want to hear. He's saying what he believes. And I think that, How many people that are like that? I mean, look, me.
1: I, I'm not going to get into names because I, I, I know it's a small body there. How many people of the other 99 do you think share that quality?
0: There are a lot of good people. No, 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 no this is not. <laughs> no, no, I know. no, no the, the, That's this, why I'm not asking they're, they're, they're a lo- There are a lot of good people serving in Congress, right. truthfully. I mean, people want, you know, they're concerned about this country, they love this country, they're concerned about the communities, their constituents they represent and stuff. But it's so easy to rationalize it, but I have to get reelected.
1: Man. I get it. No, no. And I think that just totally people.
0: kind of corrupts the whole thought process where all of a sudden they're. They're part of the unit party and right. they're voting for all the spending and well, you know, hey, there's always a way to rationalize to vote for something, right? It's I like, get it, but you know, there's a
1: difference. I get, I'm get. i not I'm not impugning anybody at saying they're bad people, right? I get it. I know a that, lot of people. I'm a pretty unique animal. Okay, if, if that's so say, how you many know, animals are like you? Not many. Not many, okay. Uh, if we, how important is getting back in the majority for you? I, I mean, mean, crucial for me. Crucial. Yeah, I mean, then, then I become
0: chairman of the Perma Subcommittee Investigation. Uh, you now, as chairman of Homeland Security, yeah. the, the overall committee, the full committee under which the subcommittee uh, exists, but I didn't have the same subpoena power as the chairman of the permanent subcommittee investigations. I, I had to go get votes. Right. I, mean, I couldn't unilaterally issue a subpoena. I get that chairmanship of that subcommittee and these, <laughs> well, these, these, these are pretty... ongoing investigations and I'll be able to subpoena people.
1: That's gotta be a pretty scary proposition
0: in Washington, D.C.
1: Let me tell you the challenge
0: we have though, okay? Uh, first of all, I had my budget cut by my Republican colleague. When, when when I was chairman of the committee, uh, the, the fellow who was the chairman of the permanent subcommittee, I gave him a million bucks based on my budget. He got the same budget as I got, cut my budget to about three-quarters of a million. Uh, it didn't get increased with the new ranking member. So now, as the ranking member of permanent subcommittee investigation, you know how many investigators I have, how many staff members I have? The agencies have tens of oh, thousands yeah, of, of people, course. right? Three. I've got five. Oh, more than I thought. I mean we're kind of right. aren't right? Well, that's it's, why it's, think, it's kind of hard when you see all the corruption in all these agencies. We got five people, the, you know, really, congressional oversight is pretty well atrophied. It's dyed right. in the vine, okay? And the, the administration has no respect
1: Well, that's for the congressional other thing oversight, that, right. I mean,
0: they just, they just give you the middle finger. They, they do this not- We've in
1: this Hunter Biden thing that there's, or even, in, you know, the, the, the there's a big difference between what Congress can find and what the investigators can find. Um, so let me ask you this, if you were to take back the majority. What's the appetite among your colleagues? Is it gonna be the same again where it's gonna go, oh, oh I, Ron I, I, Johnson, I, please don't do this to us. Like, let's, let's go cut a tax
0: Oh, there'll always be that concern. Again, they, 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 they see how I've been treating the right. media. I'm sure many of them would be a little concerned that I would you know, use that power and I'd get into this, these investigations that might be considered too political. Yeah. And you know, we've gotta work for the American people, and we do, but you know, you're not gonna solve these problems with this love of
1: corruption throughout government, and- But how yeah. do we, for the, for the average, I mean, I talk to so many folks, and they'll say, I don't even want to vote anymore. I, I'm tired of the process, I'm throwing my hands up." Uh, and my answer is, okay, but if we don't, like, it, look you what's have happened in two and a half years. If we, but, but, I get it, so like- But, but per- the, solu-
0: the solution isn't to fix government, because it's unfixable. The solution is to limit it and shrink its size. Okay. I mean, you've got, you know, when we were debating the omnibus at the end of last year, right? <laughs> I asked my colleagues, I said, anybody know how much in total the federal government spent? And I'm, you know, I didn't get any answers. No. And so then I went out to the media, we, had, we held a press conference and I asked the media, these folks that cover Washington, right? Said, any, any of you guys know how much the federal government spent the largest financial entity in the world? I think one reports, well, it's over a trillion dollars. No, 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 that's discretionary spending. I mean, total spending, right. nobody knew. And the, the answer is 62 trillion dollars. In the first 10 months of this fiscal year, our deficit was 1.62 trillion dollars. There you go with those facts. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, again, it, it's massive. Doesn't and not that say something don't even know how much we're- I mean- So my, my primary mission, yeah, I want to get to the- I want to uncover the truth, and I want to expose it. My yeah. primary mission is to wean as many Americans, as many Wisconsinites off of big government as possible. You quit looking at the federal government to solve your problems. It's incapable of solving problems. It exacerbates problems. It causes problems. It's mortgaging our children's future. Now again, unfortunately, that's a minority view, because you go to Washington as a legislator, what do you do? Bring stuff you back. legislate. I mean, from my standpoint, if we never passed another law in Washington, that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. You know, So much of these laws are just BS. They just spend more money, they just mortgage our kids' future further.
2: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: So if we take back the Senate, uh, and I think there's a decent chance of doing that, uh, and you become chairman, do we need the same leadership? Do we need a change in leadership in the Senate?
0: Uh, I, I think it's, it's going to be time, yeah. Yeah. But, but we need leadership that's dedicated to a different
1: form of governance. Yep. Uh, you know, we need those Would of us you who... ever want to do that?
0: Uh, not really.
1: Not really? No. I mean, I think that hurting cats has got to be a really difficult thing uh, to I, I, be doing.
0: I'm, I'm, I would be happy to be the chairman of the subcommittee of yeah. Investigation and uncover and expose the truth. That'd be a good role for me to play <laughs> as well as well, speak my mind. Right there, right. You know, we, we need, again, how many interviews do you have like this? Not many. I mean, the, well, there are there, the there, there many it, members of Congress that will right, look, 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 look in the camera and say, it's completely broken. You're not going to fix it. So start limiting its growth, start transferring the governing authority back to the states that was the vision of our founding fathers. That's the Tenth Amendment. You're governing, close to the government, where it's more accountable, more efficient, more effective. We've turned that foundational premise on its head, and it
1: ain't working. So you're a business guy. You ran a company. You go to Washington. and Just walk me through, like, what, what are your impressions of like Yeah. Well,
0: first of all, I knew it was dysfunctional. Right. Uh, I've been amazed at really how dysfunctional it truly is. What a charade it is you know, we're debating all these bills. We're not debating bills. There, there's a bill that's written by somebody. Right. You know, staff members, you know, working with the people they're gonna eventually go work for. and you know, they come up with these 2,000-page bills. They get dropped on our desk. You know, we're, we're all of a sudden voting on this stuff. You have to have your amendments in on this 2,000-page bill. By closing business today, it's impossible So, again, it's so completely. Do you think it's well, that let, way? but you know, let me it, say, but that's half-assed, apparent, okay? Right, but is it half-assed or is it intentional? Well, I think both. I mean, right. it's just so
1: massive. You can't read it, pass and it. And again,
0: we're only passing these bills on about a third, you know, 30% of the budget or less. Everything else is on automatic Autopilot. pilot. Haven't been passed Medicare, previously. Medicaid, you know, things, things like Social Security. Right. Now, Social Security, paternalistic fine, people weren't saving for retirement, so you force people to save. The problem is you extract the money from their wages and then government didn't save it. Correct. They spent the money, it's gone. The trust fund is simply a, an accounting gimmick. Because gimmick. A, a US government bond held in the hands of the US government is worthless. It's like if you have a piece of paper, write $20, stick it in your problem, say, pocket and say, I got 20 bucks. No, you don't. You have a note. It's that promissory note. Okay, So when that fiction runs out, you know, now, now benefits are gonna have to be reduced to the level of revenue, which is about 75 80% right now. And the question is, are we going to have the financial wherewithal to plus up benefits? Had I've done the spreadsheet, I'm an accountant, right? Had we actually invested that in something like a Dow Index Jones, a Dow Jones Index Fund, yeah. which we didn't have back then, but you know, if we would just invest that in like real assets outside of the federal government, we'd have something like seven to eight trillion dollars in hard assets that the federal government could cash in and pay off the benefits. We we'd probably be arguing more about how to increase right. Social Security benefits than what how are we do gonna do in ten years. But it's so dishonest. You know, they're very, very, first of all, I don't know how many members actually understand all these things, okay? They're certainly not gonna talk honestly about it to people. You know, I'm one of the few that's willing to just tell people the brutal truth, which is why when I give speeches and if I'm not introduced this way, I always warn people I'm not the most uplifting character.
1: But the thing that I find interesting is that all these guys, I've run campaigns since, for 30 years. I did my first one in 94. But you're part of the problem then. Yeah, well, I, but, I, <laughs> but, but again, it goes back to why I don't think, I think a lot of people go in with the right motives. Right, but they, they no. and they say oh, we got to cut this, we got to cut that, and yet we we get to a point where you're going, why do you? It's funny when we we see the debt ceiling, right? And everyone says you have to pass the debt ceiling, there'll be economic calamity if we don't, and here are all the consequences. Okay, I get that. And then the answer is we'll we'll deal with the budget and appropriations stuff after, just raise the debt ceiling we'll deal with you, and then what happens? Everyone goes home, no one deals with it. Why? I just don't. The one thing that should unite every Republican. There's a, there's a bunch of things where you can get some very... is fiscal discipline and the size of government. And I just, it blows my mind, that the one thing that, yeah, to but, your
0: point... Sean, because the public likes the free money. They like the, the free the, money. There's, no, there's not a demand okay. on the part of the public for fiscal discipline, for cutting benefits, okay, so for when, cutting spending. That's, that's I get so, it. So really, it's, it's in the yeah, end... because you come home
1: and your campaign is, I got you that bridge, I got you that. Yeah. Now, guess what I cut from you? But I look at things, and this is just my pet peeve, why, with a House, the Constitution says that spending needs to start in the House. Republicans control the House. Why aren't they at least doing the low-hanging fruit? Why, why isn't PBS getting cut? Why isn't NPR getting cut? Those are things that every Republican should say, this is an absolute waste. Right now, you can yeah, go get deliver it.
0: that to the Senate and, and dare them
1: to pass it back but up. But these I, are I, things, this I, is such a stupid... Yes, someone would say to me, Sean, oh, that's $500,000 or $2.6 million. I get it. You're not solving the deficit. But we don't even try... The low-hanging fruit.
0: Well, listen, I, I was part of the small group of conservative senators working with the House Freedom Caucus, yep. and let's face it, it was the House Freedom Caucus that came up with the proposal on the whole debt ceiling, right? I mean, they're the ones right. that, okay. And then they were very compromising with the rest of the conference to actually pass that to give Speaker McCarthy some leverage. But again, their deal was that this is the spending package to increase the debt ceiling by 1.5 trillion dollars. The Speaker, without telling anybody, didn't do a deal on $1.5 trillion in death ceiling increase. What he did is he suspended it till 2025, and that's probably an increase of about $4 trillion. The Freedom Caucus members weren't happy. Right. I wasn't happy. So we finally had given the Speaker some leverage to negotiate something with the Senate and with the Biden. And I mean the leverage was the 1.5 trillion. Now you could have said, okay, we'll go two trillion. But to just suspend it, it's like, that took all the wind out of everybody's right. sails, you know? So again, but that's, that's what happened. What, that, so that was what, the very sad what,
1: reality. What I, what I don't get is like, so what, what's the answer, right? So one of the things that I, I look back in the contract with America, and one of the things that, that Newt Gingrich did when he was campaigning for speaker, uh, I mean, he, it was his joke, right? Now he was the minority leader, the minority whip actually, and he said, I'm running for speaker. And the idea was, everyone said, sure, if we get elected, you can, we haven't been in the majority in like 80 years. If we win, sure, you could be speaker. But he carried around an ice bucket. And the ice bucket was endemic of a problem that had existed in Congress for for decades, which was that back before electricity, they would bring a bucket of ice and put it in front of every member's office, right? And you would, you know, that then we actually got refrigerators and but no one stopped delivering ice. And it was like a couple hundred grand a year, because some dude got paid to drop off ice every day. I mean, it was like probably like four dudes uh, who got paid and you know their dads, uncles were contributors or something. And Newt was like, this is stupid, but this is part of the problem if we don't do the nickels and the dimes. there's. I, I feel like at that point, people got it. They visualized it. Americans started to say, you know what? You respect our money. You respect what you're doing. I brought this up to Kevin McCarthy at one point prior to him rolling out the, the plan that he had during before the last election. I said, where's the, the the visual again? Where's the, we get it. We're driving, you know, government cars need to get reined in, or something that shows... And, I, I just don't feel like the party, so, so the, and you're the business guy. So the beginning
0: of the solution, I actually wrote an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal the day after I got elected saying what we need to do is you know, use the debt ceiling yeah. and, and use the debt ceiling to provide us some leverage for future spending fights, okay? And one of them would be end Government Shutdown Act. We, we always get slaughtered in that, so let, let's not threaten government shutdowns, let's end them. Okay, with, with, if, if you can't get your act together, you don't have appropriation bills, you don't shut the government down, you just spend at last year's levels. That gives us leverage. The No Default Act, which prioritizes spending. So there's no talk, by the way, we'll never default on our debt. Right. We have more than enough revenue to service our debt, so we'll never default on it. It's just a quasi-default, where we're not paying off all our suppliers. Well, listen, if you're a supplier of the federal government, you're, you're supplying a bankrupt entity, you, you ought to be cautious. I mean, in the private sector, you know those suppliers if they're dealing with a bankrupt entity, they get they get a haircut, right? So you have to give that le- you have to uh, obtain leverage, recognizing that Republicans will never win a shutdown battle, will never win a a uh, debt ceiling battle. So create leverage around those points, and that's what, what again was so disappointing to me is the Freedom House Freedom Caucus gave McCarthy leverage. It was a re- it's, it's, we're the only ones that have a solution. We passed an increased debt ceiling, 1.5 trillion dollars. What's your proposal, Democrats? Right. But instead of using that leverage effectively, and what I would argue is no matter no matter what he did under that, he never should have gone off the 1.5 trillion because the death ceiling gives us leverage. We get a little bit this time, we get a little bit next time. Right. You know, first of all, we've never yet had a, a legitimate vote on preventing government shutdown act. That's a bill I passed through my committee twice. It was a, a bipartisan bill between Maggie Hassan and James Langford. It just does what I just suggested—just don't shut the government down, spend at last year's levels. Who would vote against that? Now, if they did, the why, but here to back well, to But my why, why don't we why ever question? give it a decent vote? But know, but why don't we my, that's use my, that yeah, as yeah, exactly. So that's my answer. Why? Be, because the uniparty likes to spend. Money. Okay, that's the bottom line. I mean, it's, it's a sad fact. Okay. It is the uniparty. You know, Sean, I still view myself more Tea Party than Republican. Right. I, mean, I sprang out of Tea so Party. so there's, there's
1: two pieces that I want to pull on this because one goes back to the comment that you made a little while ago on COVID. You said big pharma. How much outside industry influence guides these decisions, right? In other words, you know, you hear these stories where it's it's somebody comes in and says, hey, that's great, Senator, but hey, I, you know, we've got a bunch of people in your district and we've been donating and plus, you know, da, da, da. I mean, how much is that the uniparty and how much of it is the I, pressure? I think,
0: I think the military industrial complex, the capture, you know, it's a big, you know, the uh, pharmaceutical, industrial complex, I mean, all, all these cap- all these agencies are captured by the businesses right. that they regulate, right? But the capture is done more behind the scenes with the bureaucrats. It's, you know, let's face it, government employees get to retire at pretty early age. Yeah, They don't quit working. They go to work for the industries they're right. regulating. So especially the ones higher at the top, I mean, is they're the ones that's making decisions on regulations, that type of thing. You think they're gonna, you know, Cut themselves off of right. a, of a big-paying job, so I think that's where most of the corruption occurs. Is is the people inside the agencies that have an idea that came that, from those that have industry. a job offer, right? Yeah, you know, whether it's the generals going to Lockheed and uh, right. you know, and those you know the military contractors, or whether it's you know Gottlieb going to work for F- Pfizer, you know, just just name them, you know, all, all these guys. So what's they, the, they, they,
1: But that, that's my question. You you have a unique accounting slash business pre- background as somebody who's now been in the system and is fought, like what's the answer?
0: First expose it. I don't think it's generally known yet. I I don't think it's adequately exposed. And again, going up against COVID cartel, it's really difficult to expose it, but I'm gonna keep trying, okay? So you expose what that process is, um, and, and then hopefully you can get legislation, but you also have to starve the beast. The overall solution is limit its growth, start shrinking it, start moving the governing authority back to the states. Do you think
1: there's any hope, like I was saying before, like I I think, the to use your formula, exposing it, starving it, why can't a group of Republicans think of five things that are no-brainers? And again, it's it's how, how big well, is the government, $6 trillion? We try. But give me five things and say pot plant, uh, Uh, growing, uh, electric vehicles that are on Mars. I mean, find five programs and force everyone to vote and say, you tell me that you're going to tell your constituents this is 1.6 million. Maybe it's something really small. But start the exercise. Because the thing that I find funny, you you talk about like a number, right? Uh, I always hear like without ever knowing, you know how much we need for COVID? 12.6 trillion dollars. How did you come up with that? Pull um, out of a hat. <laughs> uh, exactly. I mean, the accountant in you has got to be going. No, it drives me nuts. Yeah. I mean, like it's like imagine you put in your your mortgage, your pay mortgage payment together, and you go, you know what we need for the mortgage, one point six million dollars, and your you know your spouse will look at you and be like, how is that possible? Well, yeah. I just I came up with a number. You're like, no, you can look at the 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 bank statement and see how much to pay. Yeah, Sean, this
0: this job drives me nuts. I say no, nobody can out frustrate me.
1: <laughs> but, but it's not a
0: boring job, okay? No. And, and I'm, I'm hoping it sounds some, like there's a
1: lot to keep. Yeah, you know, and, and there
0: are things you can do, like rights. Try me. They're, they're, right. they're, they're accomplishments, okay? But, and it's so important. I mean, we, we have to preserve this nation. I mean, yeah, we are, we are the last best hope. We truly are. And we, right now, we're we're circling the drain. I mean, the, the Democrats have put us on a very dangerous path. I, I try and remind people that Venezuelans, they voted themselves into poverty. It just took a couple decades. Right. You know, we've been voting ourselves. Into, into a really dangerous situation right now, we better reverse course
1: pretty so, quick. So I remember when I was at the RNC, you used to c- talk a lot about not just exposing, like messaging, how to do that. How, do you think, because I think that's half the battle, the exposing it and selling it and telling people, here's why this makes sense, here's the problem, here's you know, sort of like an addiction, here's what you're doing to yourself.
0: I, I've heard a lot of times, of, why doesn't the Republican Party have a spokesman?
1: Yes. Because everybody wants to be the
0: spokesman, spokesman. okay? And, and it's again it's hard to herd cats i tried that by the and way and quite honestly <laughs> the media picks the spokesman Correct. for you. you know so so i don't get a whole lot of exposure on mainstream media but, but, because but I, i'm
1: i'm the counter narrative and i get that but what i'm saying is what what can do is this a, i guess to dial back is it a messaging problem meaning if we could get more cohesion would that help solve it cohesion strategic
0: planning is always helpful uh, you know Talking about amendment votes, you know, when we have these voter ramas and stuff, I mean, leadership does a pretty good job of, okay, let's let's vote on the border, let's yeah. vote on, you know, we try and highlight that, but nobody pays attention to that. People have to realize that these are macro issues, and it requires a macro messaging campaign. You, you can't but be talking about. But we're not even. Try- you know, I don't. You know, feel part like- of my problem with my investigations, I mean, you get down to so many details, you start going down to all these rabbit holes. In order to fully understand it, you need to know the details. Right. But then, at the same time, you got to bring it up to the thirty thousand foot level and be able to describe and sell it. the corruption and the criminal activity of the Bidens. It's, it's again, it's not an easy thing.
1: So let me ask you, just kind of in closing, what, what, what keeps you up at night? What do you think we need? I, I'm personally just like I am freaked out about China. I don't think that we take China serious enough as a threat. I think post-COVID, instead of saying, "Wow, they sent us a disease." Uh, did nothing about it, covered up, lied about it. We went, you know what we should do? Let's buy more stuff from them. Let's lean heavily more on them. Let's get our, and I, I keep going, like it, to, to, to the nut of this conversation, I'm like, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming, and our answer is just like, hey, what's on TV? So,
0: to me, <laughs> you know, you would ask me a couple years ago, what's the greatest threat? I would have said our debt and deficit, okay? Yep. And I don't deny the, the challenge that China is. Right now, I think the greatest threat to this nation is the division. And I try and point out to audiences, we're not a naturally divided country. We're not. Right. You know, America is a great country because Americans are good people. We are being purposefully divided. You know, Biden, eight times in his inaugural address, said his number one goal you know, is five, complete. I mean, right. he didn't mean it at all. Obama exacerbated the racial divide. Biden has been exacerbating the divide with identity politics, critical race theory, all this you know, all this transgender. Being pushed on our children and stuff. Not that we don't yeah. have. Listen, Republicans, we care about everybody. You know, Americans care about people globally. Yeah. We're good people. We need to recognize that this divi- you, this division, hate is being pushed on I get on it, us, and I agree with but, you. But, so, that, that's, but but, but, that, but I
1: I look at this and I say, as a conservative, a proud conservative, my answer to a lot of liberals is, I don't really care what you want to do. I really don't. If you want to do something in your life, your yeah, business, that's your that, right. business. That's our approach. That's not theirs. No, 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 no. You must call me he, she, they, them. Right. I know. And I'm like, well, don't. I won't force my religion on you. My opinion right. That's you. that's. But that's that's. How that's.
0: So I this, know. That's the lunacy of
1: liberalism. I can't explain but then it, how but do I you understand. Stop? It. That's
0: the division. Again, recognize what's happening to us. Don't I, don't let them divide us. You know, reach out to your neighbors. I'm, I'm being dead serious I about this, it. you know. But we, 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 somebody's gotta be the adult in the room. <laughs> I'm not sure it's gonna work. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not one of these politicians says, I'm an optimist, I'm not. You know, sorry, I'm, I, I'm a pessimist, <laughs> okay? okay? I'm a, I, I am highly concerned well, you're hopeful. that our nation isn't, I'm not gonna give up hope. Okay, I'm not saying that's different than right. being hopeful. I'm not willing to give up hope. I'm going to fight to the last. And that's what we need more people to do. Open up their eyes. Pull their heads out of, I'll say, the sand. Yeah. Okay. Recognize what's happening in this country. This is being done to us. Yes. This is, you know, Solinsky's rule for radicals. This is what the left does. They are destructive. Liberalism is not positive. It's not. Does not build things. It destroys things. Freedom is our one essential ingredient, but truth is the highest value. People need to understand that. Recognize what's being done to us. Don't let it happen.
1: I, I, what a great way to end this because I think that's that's the message. I think we got to go out there and, and I, I, I honestly totally agree with that. I think so much is at stake and I wish people fully understood because I think that's the one caveat is the division is killing us, but I don't think people fully appreciate what you're saying because it's it's we're gonna lose the country if we don't actually recognize what's happening.
0: We share the same goals, right? Yeah. I mean, as Americans, we just want safety, we want security, we want prosperity, we wanna be able to raise our kids the way we wanna raise them. That's what most people want. Focus on the areas of agreement. That's how you succeed in the private sector. Unfortunately, in politics, division is a winning formula, and
1: that's sick. Senator Ron Johnson, thank you for an amazing conversation. John, real pleasure. It. You bet. What a week to kick the show off. Uh, it's been amazing here in Milwaukee. Uh, What great guests, what great conversations. I love that conversation with Ron Johnson. Um, Thank you for all the support. This has been a big jump for me, right? Going from a daily show into independent media. And what that means is your support is crucial. Thank you for subscribing, for sharing. I've loved the feedback. Um, Some folks are going on local at SeanSpicer.locals.com giving me ideas and feedback. I greatly appreciate it. I thank you for for sharing this with your friends and family and coworkers um, and also subscribing. This is so important to the work that we do. Um, Thank you for supporting our sponsors. Uh, This is what allows this to happen and to bring guests and to bring you inside politics in a way, as I said, that no one else is doing. I mean, the guests that we're having the conversations are are not on other shows for a reason, but I felt it was important to be able to do this because so much is at stake. And we saw that, this debate in Milwaukee. The conversations that we're gonna have next week, by the way, are fantastic because there's so many questions. You heard Don Jr. earlier this week. How is this gonna affect, You know what, what, what's gonna happen? He said it was gonna to go to the Supreme Court. I don't know, maybe. But this is the, what the left is planning to do. They're gonna use this system. So I think it's important that we understand what's happening, how this will all play out, how much time that we need, et cetera. So uh, thank you for all your support. Thank you for subscribing. Please continue to do that. Share this, like it. Um, and I will see you next week back here on The Sean Spicer Show. Have a great weekend. With Lucky Land
0: Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
1: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.